You're listening to Work From The Weight, a personal weight loss journey podcast. A place to share the ups and downs, the experiences, and the science of weight loss, all to encourage you to reach your own weight loss goals. Here's your host, Randy Black. On this first episode, let's take a look at my story. Let's look at my relationship with food, my family history, and more. We're going to take a look at my goals in this whole process and how tenable they may be. And then we're going to close out the show with my weekly weigh-in. I have struggled with weight my entire adult life. Um, I I was never, quote-unquote, skinny, um, but I was never so big that I could not function in my daily life. Um, I finally reached a point that, in some ways, I'm there. I graduated high school uh, in May of 1999, weighing approximately 250 pounds. Um, In April of this year, 2023, I have ballooned up to 417 pounds. So that's a 200-pound or almost 200-pound gain in about 24 years. Um, And it's... It's just astonishing because it happened so for so long that um, it just kept creeping up and creeping up. I've I've had a, a an interesting relationship uh, with with food. Uh, food had become my best friend. Food was my comfort. Um, it's how I dealt with stress and and unhappiness in my life. I chose food that, to me, tasted good, but was definitely not good for me. Um, I felt like that I didn't have any other escape uh, from the the pain I was having. My only my only option was to eat. Um, there are days that I can recall where I know I I ate four to five thousand calories easily, um, while hiding the amount of food that I was eating from my family. Um, There was lots of fast food, lots of sneaking to get that food. Um, Almost daily, at some points, I'd go through a drive-thru on my way home from work or sneaking away from work to grab lunch. I simply wanted to have something that I enjoyed uh, while not really caring about the impact it might have on, on my body and on my mind. Educationally, um, I, I went into the, to, to teaching as my vocation, as my field. And I spent six years as a classroom teacher. And I loved, I loved it. I loved teaching geography to my middle school students. I loved history and sociology with my high school students. I never had a day that I didn't just didn't want to go to work. Um, it made it possible to go in every day and try to do my best to make sure that my students left with something new. While a classroom teacher, I was, I was mobile. I was up. I was moving around. But I made a shift ten, about 10 years ago um, into the technology side of education, and it led to a more sedentary work life. So, you know, there's numerous days where my total step count wouldn't even reach 2,000 steps. I spent big chunks of my time 
at my desk, uh, especially now because I work to repair student devices um, or I'm troubleshooting issues remotely, uh, taking phone calls from folks to help them with the issues they're experiencing. You know, the times that I am able to get up and get away from my desk are pretty sedentary as well. You know, plugging and unplugging network cables or power cables or testing network drops, setting in a chair and rewiring a network drop, putting a new keystone on, um, climbing a ladder and standing on it for extended periods of time, working in a ceiling. Um, and even the occasional Teams meeting, Zoom meeting, some kind of online webinar, something eating up the time where I can't get up and can't move. And it's never, never been the way I wanted to do things, but I've had to. Most evenings and weekends, I would spend doing a lot of setting at my desk. I'd be surfing the web or I'd be in an, on the couch or in a recliner and watching TV. I didn't make a lot of effort to do much because I was just unhappy in my home life. But that's something we can talk about later. Um, even when my son was born and his life being active and him being rambunctious and things, I just wasn't one to get up and get going. It was not what I wanted to do because I was unhappy. A lot of these really bad food choices, this poor activity level, it's led me to the situation that uh, I am facing today. My family history is also littered with major health issues, you know, that I have been extremely aware of, but really not done a lot to, to try to combat them. You know, things like heart disease, heart attacks, you know, I have a grandmother that had multiple heart attacks and multiple open heart surgeries. Um, high blood pressure runs in my family, diabetes, bladder cancer, hematuria, problems that I see, problems that I'm having to face. And yeah, at this age, at 42, it is a little late in the game. But anything I can do to try to combat some of this stuff and work back against it is, is truly helpful. So I've got, to, I've got to keep that focus and keep that goal going. Are you enjoying what you're hearing? Head over to workfromtheway.com slash support to donate to the show or join one of our listener membership levels starting at just $1 per month. I have my own health issues that I'm working on and dealing with. For example, I have high blood pressure. I have hypertension. Um, I've known about the issue for 20 plus years. You know, without medication, I'm seeing my blood pressure average like 162 over 88. And it was that way for a long time. You know, at one time I was taking four separate medications to try to control it. You know, with medication, my blood pressure average still isn't optimal. You know, that 120 over 80 they want to see, but it's better. You know, right now I'm seeing an average of about 138 over 86. Um, I'm on two medications for it right now, and it's, it's controlling it. But it's still not great and still has some work to go. But getting weight off can help with that. For 16 years, I've dealt with obstructive sleep apnea. I've used a CPAP machine during that time, but I've only gotten to the point where I am really what they would call fully compliant in my usage in the last five to seven years. You know, my weight increase, because uh, it did accelerate over time, has led to the point where the machine I'm using 
and it's still the original machine I got 16 years ago, um, is at its maximum pressure setting. It is maxed out and it is not being or not working as effective as it could be. You know, as of the recording of this episode, you know, I'm in the process of completing a new sleep study with the goal of getting a new machine to help, you know, the current machines, you know, the modern machines, so to speak, versus what I have, uh, are, are auto pressure adjusting. So they, they work with you to try to make it better for you. Um, I'm hoping that I can get to a point where maybe this machine won't be needed or maybe it's just not as strong, not working as hard uh, to help me with what I'm dealing with. My blood work also recently showed elevated liver enzymes that really concerned my primary care practitioner. So we did a exploratory ultrasound to take a look at my liver, make sure it it looked okay. And if not, what were we seeing? And we discovered that my in liver is enlarged um, and there is a buildup of fat in the organ. So I, I have what's called fatty liver disease. Um, it is a huge health problem. Uh, I'm waiting for a referral right now to go see a gastroenterologist uh, so we can talk about it, come up with some type of treatment path to combat this and push back on it. Because if you leave it untreated, it can lead to some serious serious damage to other organs in the body. And I want to not have that happen. You know, for someone who's never drank, who's never done drugs, to have a, a condition in, with the liver isn't good. You know, most people you see are, are due to alcohol or due to drug abuse. And, and mine's not. Mine is abuse of food because of my horrible relationship with food. We also discovered that uh, through my blood work, my A1C is borderline. Um, I've been classified as being pre-diabetic. So, you know, based on what I talked about in my family history above, you know, it, it hit me hard. Um, I know my weight and my choice of food and beverage, um, being very sugary most of the time, uh, is, is, has had an impact on that. Um, I also have a really, really unreasonable fear of having to stick my finger to measure blood glucose levels daily. Um, the insurance provider that I have, one of the, probably the largest insurance provider in my state, um, covers a blood glucose monitor that you have to prick your finger, stick your finger to be able to pull, to draw the blood to test, uh, instead of a continuous one, they will cover it, but under certain conditions. So I'm trying to avoid that as well. My weight increases also caused a situation where I've got poor, uh, circulation in my lower extremities, my legs. And that has led to varicose veins. Um, and it's also led to lymphedema, you know, that retention of lymphatic fluid causing my leg and my ankle, my foot to swell. Uh, and it's mainly my right leg that this happens in. So, you know, for several years, my right leg has been significantly larger than my left leg uh, in circumference. And my ankle swells a lot, um, especially when I wear socks that might be a little too tight. Uh, and not even really tight, but just. Because of the fluid on my right leg, it ends up being tight. My left, it's not. So I'll have a ring around my ankle from that. You know, and the, the other problem that creates then is because of the lymphedema, the, the retention of the, of the fluid in the leg, I've become prone to staph and MRSA infections. You know, for example, I was in the hospital for three days being pumped full of IV antibiotics 
for a MRSA infection back in 2018. And at that point, you know, it had actually entered into my bloodstream. I had septicemia. Uh, my life was threatened. Um, the problem we have is the main antibiotic used for treating infections with Bactrim and Staph, or with MRSA and Staph is Bactrim. Uh, but I can't take it. I have an allergy to sulfa-based drugs. So it it's hard to treat. And a lot of times I'll start on an antibiotic that is completely ineffective because the strain of MRSA that is infecting me is resistant to it. And until we get a culture, we just, we don't know. We just have to wait and see what happens with it. Work from the Wave is recorded at Don's Creek Studios in Milton, West Virginia. Interested in sponsoring the studio? Head over to workfromthewave.com slash support and sign up as the studio sponsor. I've created a lot of these big health issues that I've got to now work to combat due to the situation. Um, but those aren't the only things that have changed in my life uh, that have been pushing on me to to make the change to work from the weight. In 2021, I moved out of my home. Uh, my wife at the time and I separated. And it was an extremely traumatic experience, um, one that I didn't think would ever come to happen to, to, to actually occur, but it needed to take place um, because of where we both were in our lives. Um, it led me down a very, very bad path, a path of bad choices for a very short period of time. I stopped taking all my medication. I stopped seeing my primary care physician. Uh, I stopped seeking treatment for the various medical conditions that I knew I had. Um, in general, I just stopped taking care of myself while I tried to work through the changes happening in my life and the divorce I was going through. Through all this, I, though, was able to reconnect with an amazing friend who I'd had all that time and spark an amazing romance that has changed my life. You know, just over a year ago now, I married my best friend, and I haven't looked back. You know, she has changed my life. She supports me. She encourages me. She helped me to reconnect with God and to get back into church. And she does the, the little things that keep me wanting to be a better man, that makes me want to improve my health situation because I want to be here long term to be with her. My son just recently turned 15, just finished up his freshman year of high school. That graduation from high school is, is, is getting closer and closer. His time entering higher education after that is getting closer. We don't have a plan yet for his future. We doesn't know what he wants to study, but I want to make sure that I'm here to see the success he will have. I want the chance to be a grandfather and see my child's children grow. That's why I'm making changes. I try not to look at this overall process with one giant goal in mind for my weight. I mean, I have one. I know where I want to be in the end with my weight, but I don't want that to be what is my driving force. So what I've done is I've taken and broken down the whole thing into several goals that I hope to accomplish on the way. 
so that I can get to the ultimate goal, you know, and it's all about doing this so I can have a better, healthier life. That's where I want to be. So the first goal I want to do is I want to reduce the blood, my, my blood pressure, bring it down and, and decrease the number of medications I'm having to take for that. I want to work to reduce the lymphedema, the swelling in my leg, so that my risk for the infections I've seen and the problems I've had decreases and goes away. And I'm more comfortable. I can wear shoes and socks that don't make my foot hurt because it's swollen. I want to do whatever I can treatment-wise, working with my primary care practitioner uh, and the gastroenterologist to Reduce the size of the liver back down. Bring it back down to size, to a normal size. Get the fat out of it. I want to work to reduce my A1C and prevent being diagnosed as a diabetic. I'm hoping I can reduce the reliance I have on my CPAP machine for the treatment of sleep apnea and possibly get rid of it, not have to need it. The big thing, though, are the weight targets. Um to reach any end goal. And I have six weight targets that I want to hit. The first one is to get below 400 pounds, then 375, 350, 325, 300. And then my final target, and the one that will be the hardest, is to get to 250 pounds or below. Back to the weight I was at when I graduated high school. That's my hope. That's my goal. It's going to be hard. It's going to be a lot of work. And it's not going to happen overnight. But I'm going to try to get there. They can be obtained. They must be obtained. I am more motivated now than I've ever been at any other point in my life. I wake up every day and I tell myself, I'm going to beat the statistics one pound at a time. I will achieve and create a better life for myself. I'm going to work from the weight. It's time. It's time. It's weekly weigh-in time. Each week on this podcast, I'm going to share my weekly weigh-in to hold myself accountable on this journey. As of recording this episode, I weighed in this morning at 393 and a half pounds. That puts me down 20 plus pounds from where I started just two months ago at 417 pounds. It's a huge, rewarding accomplishment. It means I've hit my first target on my weight loss targets. I'm seeing the success. But now I have to keep pushing forward. I have to keep working to meet that next target at 375. If you'd be interested in and getting my daily weight updates, and I post them daily uh, to track my progress, you can head over to workfromtheweight.com slash support, and you can sign up for a dollar a month to be one of my weight loss warriors to support the show, but get those updates every single day as I post my weight and my journey, along with some commentary about it. So on the next episode of Work From The Weight, which will be one week from the day year this comes out, we're going to look at some hard numbers in the form of statistics related to weight, obesity, and weight loss. 
Thank you for listening to Work From The Weight, a personal weight loss journey podcast. Visit workfromtheweight.com slash follow to see how you can follow the show and receive new episodes automatically when they're released.